0: You know, going into this Saturday, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. I mean, it, it shocked me. That's Well, here we go. It's last play of the game here. If they don't do it now, nothing's going to happen. Back in the pocket. Looks, looks, fires. Oh my god, he caught it! He caught it! Ten, five, touchdown! This is Saturdays in the States hello everybody and welcome to another episode of saturdays in the states i'm your host andrew parker and a lot happened we learned a lot about how the season could uh shape out um a lot of moving pieces a lot of pieces kind of starting to set and uh set their uh place um i want to get right into it obviously the big story is tua is out Obviously, um, Tua having a really bad uh, hip injury. Hopefully, he's going to be okay. I'm sure that the surgery uh, will go fine for him and have a, a healthy recovery. With that being said, if I am an Alabama fan, I am scared and I am worried as ever because. Without Tua, this team struggles, and they do. One of the stat lines that nobody—it was only reported once the entire Saturday, but it's a stat line that needs to be given attention. And it was that after Tua was out, the offense only uh, put together three points three points and this is worrisome because two has been out before and they've brought that backup quarterback back in back when they faced tennessee and he did flawless he did really good for being you know being put into the game not expecting to start given the situation and he did really well the team pulled together did really well That is worrisome, knowing that it's not like this is the first time this has happened. That backup quarterback at Alabama has had to step up when Tua was injured last time, and he did a much better job. And the fact that they were only able to put together three points is worrisome. Now, scheduling and and their way of doing it worked out in their favor because they're going to pay a team to kind of practice against and beat them pretty badly before they face Auburn. But here's the deal, folks. With Tua out, This team is completely different. It is not the same, and they will probably lose at Auburn. I'm calling it here, folks. I'm pretty sure, almost positive, that Auburn's going to come into that game smelling blood. They are aware that Alabama is wounded and that, you know, they see how this could play out. So I'm expecting Alabama to get a second loss uh, in the next coming weeks uh, against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Um, And that's going to be interesting. That's going to be the first time that in the existence of the college football playoff that Alabama is not in the college football playoff. That is going to be huge. Um, It's going to be even more interesting to see who they might end up facing. And again, this is all just predictions. Who knows? They could win these next two games, be fine, make it to the playoff. It'd be astounding. They definitely earn a lot of respect. But I would say that is the stat line that if I'm an Alabama fan, would worry me a lot would be the fact that after our star quarterback comes out and our backup, who has been in that position before, that offense was only able to put together three points. Three points, folks. That is worrisome. Now, on the opposite side, Georgia won and clinched their spot in the SEC title game. Okay, and 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 here's the deal. Um, I, I'm calling it. I mean, I, I can see Georgia. Um, I can see Georgia doing really well. Um, if they do face LSU, though, it, here's how I see it playing out. If Georgia makes it to the to when Georgia if Georgia faces LSU in the SEC title game and Georgia loses, that takes out um, Georgia's um, hopes of being in the college football playoff, and it puts in LSU and it only puts in one SEC team because they aren't going to put a two-loss Bama team in there. They're not going to put a two-loss Georgia team in there. They will put in an undefeated LSU though, a very talented undefeated LSU team, I might add. But that's how it is. And that was one of the things I predicted. That is, Out of all the predictions I made at the beginning of the, of the season, some haven't gone well, some are to be uh, determined. The one thing that I said was um, Clemson or Alabama will not go undefeated, and I also uh, said that LSU or Georgia will beat Alabama. LSU already beat Alabama, so there we are, folks. So by and large, though, that is a big a big seismic shift because the SEC is a very powerful conference in this entire thing, folks. We can't underestimate that. Whether you like it or not, we have to acknowledge the dominance and acceptance and um, talent that is the SEC with that conference where there is um, caliber performers at every position, at every program. Now, with that being said, though, I, I want to reiterate what I said moments ago where um, if Georgia loses, if Georgia loses – only one SEC team will get into the college football playoff. They're going to put LSU in there because Alabama, if they lose to Auburn, Alabama will not get in the playoff. No chance. They will not put in a two-loss Georgia team. They will not. Now, if Georgia wins if Georgia wins and beats LSU, then you can make the argument for two SEC teams in there. You can make that argument. And it's, they've done it before. They aren't afraid to do it again. Um, but with that being said... That is, that is what I can predict happening down the road. So, yeah. speaking of getting beat, Minnesota, you didn't pass your second test. You lost at Kinnick to Iowa. Now, here's the deal. We, here's our view, Minnesota. They've earned our respect. They played lights out against Penn State. They did. They earned that win. That was the win that really solidified their respect in this season that they're having. And they went into Iowa undefeated because Minnesota hasn't done this in over like a hundred years. Like it's they haven't done this. We've never seen this out of Minnesota. So even though they were undefeated, even though P.J. Flex putting them on this meteoric rise, they were still not favored because we do not know what to think of Minnesota. And especially um, going into Kinnick because it's publicized, hoax. We all know it late November game, undefeated top 10 opponents that go into Kinnick can't pull it off. And the reason why is because it is hard to be good. And being good is not a sometimes thing. If you want to be undefeated, you can't just, you know, I think a stat line when he faced Penn State was he completed like 20 of 30 passes. Like their quarterback, when they faced Penn State for Minnesota was the lights out. He could not miss a receiver, even if he threw a the opposite direction like he was he played amazing and here's the thing that minnesota just learned was that if you want to go undefeated if you want to be in the college football playoff you have to do those good habits routinely day in and day out winning is not a sometimes thing it is an everyday all the times thing you can't take any plays off you can't take any games off especially i mean and that's let's i mean they faced a really good penn state team at home but they played really well the true test of a team and I've said this in the episodes past is can you win on the road can you win on the road the best teams that can go undefeated that can consistently win and win titles win big games on the road in hostile environments and Kinnick Stadium is as hostile as they come you have the pink locker room sold out crowd fans are literally two feet away from you can pr- pr- practically hear what's going on in the huddle on the sidelines. I mean, that is not an easy place to play, folks. And if you want to be a good team, and if you want to go undefeated, that is one place that you have to do it, and Minnesota failed. They failed that test. Now, with that being said, they're having a great season. We cannot underestimate that. Minnesota is still going 9-1. and But this um, shines a light on their faults. And I guarantee you that Wisconsin is going to be eating up that film. And 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 Coach and Paul Christ is going to be getting on his staff for getting all those clips ready of how Iowa exposed Minnesota. Because there were. I mean, say it how you will, Iowa beat Minnesota. And Iowa finally got that um, win against a ranked team that they have not had. All three of their losses have come against ranked teams, and they finally pulled it off. But that you they lost Minnesota, failed their second challenge, which was go on the road, win a big boy game and, and prove your legitimacy. So, with that being said, they have one final Um push and that is against Wisconsin. And that's and, and folks, you can say it how you will, Rivalry Week, I, I think it's kind of funny that teams are favored during Rivalry Week, because anything can happen. I mean that's just pure hate there. That's just pure hate and, and you know you, like I said you can go one in ten into one of those games but you can you have just as good a chance of winning it sometimes I mean it's just that close so we'll see there's only a game separating Minnesota and Wisconsin that will be the game that will decide who will win the West and I'm telling you Minnesotas you know they were they were undefeated and they had it all going but they learned a harsh thing that only great teams know and that is that it is an all the time thing and it's not easy it is not easy going undefeated that's why only few programs are known for doing it in and out in uh, day uh, week in and week out it's hard it's really hard so hats off to minnesota you didn't pass the second uh, the second of your third out of your three tests but you have a chance to redeem yourself and finish the season on a strong note Also in the Big Ten, Michigan won, and they are trending upward, and they are getting hot at the right time. Folks, a few weeks ago, I had said that I I was – I think it was when they faced Army, or or it was another game that they just played horribly. I think it was against Wisconsin. I thought to myself, I'm like – This is bad. This is not good. Because in the beginning of the season, that was one of my predictions. Was I think Michigan can beat Ohio State, and then Michigan wasn't playing good, and Ohio State looked like they got better without Urban Meyer. As hard as that is to believe, and I just thought there's no way they can pull this off. I think that Michigan is getting hot at the right time, and I think that when it comes to the game against Ohio State, that they they're gonna have to make it an ugly game. They're gonna make it an ugly game if they want to win. That's how I'm going to say it. They aren't as sexy as Ohio State. I don't think they have the athletes or the star power that Ohio State does because Ohio State, just out of all the undefeated teams or all the teams in the playoff, they look the most complete. Offense, defense, special teams. They look like they have it firing on all cylinders everywhere. It must be noted that if Michigan wants to beat Ohio State, it's gonna they're going to have to make it an ugly game. But that's a few weeks away. Michigan still has some has some games as well as Ohio State, uh, speaking of next week. But... Um, Against Penn State, but I just want to note that right here, right now, that Michigan is trending upwards at the right time. They're getting hot. They're clicking. They're clicking. The beginning of the season, we saw how they played. That offense was not in sync. That line couldn't protect. Couldn't protect their quarterback at all. Um, and right now, it's starting to click. It's coming together. And that's the fun thing about seasons is you'll watch a team, and there'll be a game, or there'll be a play, or there'll be a, a, a moment where. It comes together, and they're clicking, and they're they're firing on all cylinders, and it's going real smoothly, real nicely. And so Michigan is finally in that moment where it's coming together. The team has, has, has come together as one, and it's going great. So hats off to Michigan. Just want to note that out now. Another big thing that happened Saturday was Oklahoma's comeback victory against Baylor. I'm still... I mean, here's the deal, folks. I've said it on this podcast many times before. I'll continue to say it. That conference has no defense at all whatsoever, so I took that into account. So when they were up 28-3, I was like, psh, this is not over. Oklahoma has too good of talent to say that it is not over, and it wasn't, and they knew it wasn't, because... And I've harped on Oklahoma for this. I'm gonna harp on Baylor for two or two. That's horrible. You can't be up 20 to three and lose. But I guess that's just how they do it in the Big 12. I just I don't get it. That's why if I'm if I'm on that committee and there's a team in the Big 12 that is in position to be in the playoff, I'd put them at four and no higher than that until they they prove their legitimacy on the defensive side of the ball. That's why Oklahoma has never won in playoff game because they face teams that have defenses. They think that you, they think that they can take that shootout mentality from the Big 12 and do it against the Big 10 and do it against the SEC, and they can't. There was one time that I called the game, that I, I predicted the outcome, and I predicted exactly how it was going to happen. I was at my friend's house, and we're watching the Oklahoma-Georgia game in the Rose Bowl. And right before the game, my friends ask, hey, so what do you think? How do you think it's going to go down? Because do he's an Oklahoma fan. He says, how do you think Oklahoma can pull this off? I didn't know much. All I told him was this. I said, if I were you, I would just be a little bit worried about your defense because it's not a strong suit within your conference, and Georgia can't expose that. And sure enough, at the end of the Rose Bowl, what happened? It was Sony Michelle coming around the corner with the handoff, running through the non-existent defense of Oklahoma, and sending them to the national championship. I knew it. That is why, when it comes to those big-time games in the Big 12, and a team is up significantly, I don't respect the lead. I don't respect the lead at all. Now, Baylor Baylor showed all the work that they had put in, all the progress that has made since the horrible atrocities um, that Art Riles had going on at that program. It showed that he has put in the work and he's completely turned that program around. I'm not taking away that all. Uh, that, that all. I have tons of respect for Baylor and what they have done. Still think they're going to make a New Year's Six Bowl game. They're, they're doing a tremendous job. I just want to note, folks, that when I talk about the defense of the Big 12, I don't just hit on Oklahoma because they're the best. I hit on everybody in that conference. Nobody in that conference has defense at all. And it's just maddening. It really is. If you go back and you watch some of those scoring plays... The tackling—it's just like they don't even the defensive players don't even practice. It's just frustrating. But by and large, I also want to say hats off to Jalen Hurts for leading that comeback because when he was down twenty-eight to three, the one he didn't show any signs of being rattled. That's the one thing that I love about Jalen Hurts' competitive spirit—is he is a competitor and he never loses focus of the of the task at hand. When he was down twenty-eight to three, I believe it was one thing where he threw an interception or he fumbled the ball. He went to the sideline, took off his helmet, and just started talking with the coaches and had a very straight look on his face. He did not seem rattled whatsoever. The, if anything, if you didn't even know the score and you saw what he did there, you would have thought it was a tie game. You really would have. And that was the turnover that I think led to to them going down 28-3. to 3. He is such a fierce competitor, and I love that about him. I really do. So I want to note that also is that Jalen Hurts led out, led back an an incredible comeback. It really showed the grit that he has with that team, and uh, it was it was something to watch, given given the circumstances of uh, of the defense. Now, there's one thing that I want to note note here, okay. The Pac-12 has had a really big season because they are fighting for relevance in the college football spectrum, folks, okay? It's hard because they play on the West Coast and they're three hours behind everybody else. So by the time they all start playing their primetime games with their teams, everybody out east is going to bed. No one's going to stay up till 10.30 to watch a kickoff of two Pac-12 teams, especially people in the Midwest aren't going to stay up till 9.30 for the kickoff of a game. So it's hard. They can't help that. I'd say the only way they can do it is if they have all of their games early in the day so that everybody else can view them. That's the only thing and not have a single night game. But you can't do that to players. That's something that's attractive is playing nighttime games. But with that being said, folks, we have to acknowledge that the Pac-12 could get two teams in the college football playoff. They're guaranteed at least one. They have the, the potential to get at least one, maybe two. And here's what I'm talking about, Okay. We got to acknowledge Utah. Utah has been doing a great job. They're undefeated. Like, okay, they're not undefeated. Sorry, they have that one loss, but they are doing a phenomenal job, and I feel like no one is giving them any credit. First week, they win thirty to twelve against BYU. Then they face Northern Illinois, thirty-five seventeen, shut out a, a, a really uh, useless team by thirty-one nothing. They do lose to USC by a touchdown. They beat Washington State thirty-eight to thirteen at Oregon State. Beat them fifty-two to seven. Beat uh, Arizona State twenty-one to three and then shut out Cal 35 to zero. But the big win that showed that Utah is legitimate and can fight with everyone else is their win against Washington. People Washington with, with their with Coach Peterson has been the Pac twelve team of recent years. So just has he's a great coach, has Washington right where they wanted him, came there to do what he did. They beat them 33 to 28, and I think that was them getting over the hump and getting um, on rhythm to continue to, to to really start trending upward, folks. I just want to point it out there that these these Pac-12 teams, they're legitimate. They're really good, folks. They could get in the college football playoff. I'm just no one's paying attention to this team, Utah and Oregon, both of them. I mean, no one's no one's acknowledging them at all. And, and and they they deserve they deserve the respect, they do. It's just, it's just how it works. So you have. So you have two Pac-12 teams that are undefeated. Or no, one is well, Oregon. I think Oregon's no, or They're not undefeated. But they're two top ten teams, and uh, yeah, Oregon's, Oregon's six. Or yeah, Oregon's. Uh, what are they, they're nine and one. Utah's nine and one one seven one six folks they're knocking on the door they're knocking on the door what I could see happening here is is having I would say this year could have the potential to have the most diverse playoff ever if you ask me who my playoff teams are right now if I could predict into the future who it would be it would be LSU Ohio State and then I'd put Oregon in there. And uh, and then Clemson. LSU, Ohio State, Oregon, Clemson. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. I would have that. LSU, Ohio State, Oregon, Clemson. I can see that happening, folks. People are going to overlook the Pac-12 title game when they do not realize that that could be a significant key player in um, a playoff spot. And again, some things have to happen. If if um, LSU beats Georgia, Georgia's out LSU secures a the spot there's only one SEC team getting in there. If Alabama loses to Auburn they have two uh, they have two losses. I mean there's a lot of things that could potentially happen that still need to happen for this for this whole thing to play out. but I'm just letting folks know that out West there are teams that can play and they're not talking about them at all. I feel kind of bad for them because they're being overshadowed by the Big Ten and the SEC. but folks, you heard it here. It's happening. It's happening, and it's coming quick. So just be prepared. Now, out of all the games that are going on next week, there's only one real big one. Okay, and it's number nine, Penn State, at number two, Ohio State. It's 11 a.m. kickoff on Fox. This is going to be a big game for the Big Ten as well as the College Football Playoff Committee. Because Penn State loses this game, they're out. Ohio State, I think, can afford to lose it. Ohio State has the pedigree and the respect where they can afford to lose this. But Penn State cannot. If Penn State loses this next game, they are out. It is done. They are done. It is over with. So we will see. I, you know, I mean, there's some other games across the board, but there's none that has a lot of significance as um, Penn State or Ohio State. Now, um, if SMU and Navy. Those are two teams where... You know, they're fighting for that one at-large bid. That could have a lot of legitimacy on it. Michigan and Indiana. Indiana has come on strong and having a great season. Obviously, like I said, Michigan is trending upward. It's a game that should not be overlooked, and we, we need to remember, Indiana usually plays Michigan pretty tough, and it's at Indiana. So with a good team at Indiana, they could fill Memorial Stadium, make it hard on the visiting Michigan team. We'll see. It's going to be something interesting to watch, folks. Just throwing it out there. You have Oregon at Arizona State again. Oregon is having one hell of a season. Arizona State is doing really great. It's going to be the uh, primetime game on ABC, folks. Um, just, you know, those are probably the games that I would say to watch out for. But, I mean, I can't stress that enough about um, about out west and those and that Oregon and Utah, those squads. I mean, it's... No one pays attention to them, but it's it's there, and it's real, and it's happening. But other than that, um, anyway, that's that's all I have for this week. It's been awesome. Like, comment, share, leave a good rating. Thank you all for listening, folks. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the college football playoff committee and how they decide to move teams up and down. Um, but it's it's fun, folks. It's a lot of fun. Uh, let's just sit back and, and watch it play out. Again, like, uh, leave a good review, share it, please, by all means. But at the end of the day, thanks for taking time out of your day and listening.